0: All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the Jackson Lewis Impact Real Estate Podcast. Today, Lisa Flicker and I met with Will Blodgett. Will is the founder and CEO of Treadway, based in New York City, an affordable housing investor and developer. Uh, many of you probably know Will. He's, he found, was a founder of Fairstead uh, back in 2014. Uh, prior to that, he was at related companies. He has an amazing background involved with a lot of, charities and giving back to the community, Uh, comes from a very humble background and worked his way up to being one of the leaders in the real estate investment world. So please enjoy the podcast and please share the podcast with your friends and rate and review the podcast. So with that, enjoy the episode of Will Blodgett. All right, Will, welcome to the
1: podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate
0: it. How is? We also have Lisa Flicker here. Hi, Lisa.
2: Hi, guys. Rock Excited star. to be here as well.
0: All right. Cool. <laughs>
1: Lisa's a rock star.
0: Lisa is a rock star. She's the best.
2: I'm following in your footsteps.
0: Uh. So sure
2: next time we sing.
0: Oh yeah, she 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 uh. Oh, that's a that's
1: an interesting story.
0: Go ahead. She actually called your singing the interesting coach.
1: Interesting story is I've been yeah i've been working with a singing coach maybe six seven years now i sing to my kids every night uh five songs each they get which actually takes up a lot of time but (laughs) yeah uh i've been working with a singing coach now for a while and i recently went out to went out to sorry breakfast with lisa i told her about my singing coach and and she's like, oh, "I want to talk to him." And I was like, "Sure." And they get in the government. now Lisa and my singing coach Dan are actually doing singing lessons yeah. together. Lisa's—you'll find cool. out. You'll
0: find so, out. Lisa's. A, Lisa's a doer. She's a doer. She's not a talker. She's
2: a doer. You inspired me because it never—it never occurred to me that somebody who didn't, who wasn't born like a Whitney Houston, could actually learn to sing. And so you inspired me to try it. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean well, I- Whitney Houston, right? You know that that's the pinnacle. I think I think you can learn to sing better. Pe- 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 you know, with me, I'm certainly not a good singer, but I've at least improved from like you know on a scale of one to a, uh, one to one hundred. You know, Whitney Houston being a hundred, I was at a one. Maybe now I'm at like a four. Yeah. You know. Well, let's
0: let's. I us let's um let's have you sing during this podcast. This is a singing podcast. I'm kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> so
0: will Treadway, man, congrats, Con- congrats. Well, you, so I've known you for a, I've known you for a while. I uh, you're a great guy. You got my me and my father he turned seventy five, and my son and my uncle. We all went to see the Giants, and Will treated us, and it was just a once in a lifetime experience. So thank you for that. Um, I'm actually wearing my giant sweatshirt you right now. You're
1: welcome.
0: They're having a good season. Yeah. And, uh, my dad's here in visiting me right now and something we talk about all the time. So that was because of you. So thank you for that. Um, and let's, let's talk about Treadway. Yeah. I mean, tell us about, Oh well, yeah, tell us about Treadway. I heard Treadway just hired an analyst. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, Chris De La Rosa, um, I met
1: through, I'm on the board of, uh, youth. Based sports organization called New Heights. New Heights is a AU basketball team. One of the best AU basketball teams actually in the country. It's it's you know, I I really when I was growing up. Maybe did, why don't I take a step back and kind of tell you a little bit about my upbringing and and how I got involved with a organization such as New Heights, right? Which. Uh, we use sports. It's very, very simple philosophy, simple model. Mm. It's sports in school, right? You, you got to be good. There's no charity here. There's no handouts here at New Heights. You got to be good. You got to make the team. Mm. You got to compete on the basketball court, and you got to compete in the classroom, right? So, so people would always say, "Oh, New Heights is helping his disadvantaged youth," like disadvantaged youth. Don't tell them they're disadvantaged. Don't tell me when I was kind of disadvantaged. I was advantaged. You know, I I felt like I had the world at my fingertips. I was a great basketball player, you know, studying my butt off in school. Yeah, we didn't have any money, you know. uh, uh, Yeah, like, you know, sometimes getting food, whatever, you know, was tough. But like, I mean, um, I felt like I had the world at my at my, at my fingertips, yeah. even though I had a stutter, you know, I still have the stutter, I had the stutter, we had no money, but I, I had sports in school and these kids that are coming up through the New Heights program, don't tell them that they're disadvantaged, don't tell them that they're getting charity because they're not, because you gotta make this team, you gotta compete, right? You gotta win and you gotta compete and win the classroom. And these kids in New Heights program, right, they're almost all going to college and they're almost all going to college on scholarship, yeah, like full scholarship because of basketball, right? Or if you're going to an Ivy League school now, right? They don't have athletic scholarships, but they have, you know, if your family makes under 150000 you go to college for free, stuff like that. Oh, but okay. so, so we've gotten all these kids into school, right? Or really they've gotten themselves, we provide the platform for them to showcase their talents into school on scholarship, And a whole bunch of them go and play in the NBA or in the WNBA, Mm. right? Uh, um, A whole lot also go overseas and play over there, which is how I met this young man named Chris De La Rosa, came up through the New Heights program when it was in Washington Heights, went to college on a full scholarship. He played eight years overseas. He played in the UAE. He played down in Argentina and Brazil, the Dominican Republic where his where his parents are from he just finished up his eight year overseas career along that way he became a real estate entrepreneur oh, cool. he owned some real estate of his own he really wanted to really get in the weeds and understand specifically he grew up in and around affordable housing yeah so so he's he's now at treadway our new analyst that's
2: awesome and
1: it's an amazing story so kind of taking a step back there why i was so attracted to a program like new heights and a young man like chris de la rosa right who 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 is a first generation american uh grew up in washington heights right so on my mom's side i am also a first generation american my my parents um had me in chicago they were both um actually uh recovering alcoholists and met in AA and named after the founder of AA, bill, Bill, sorry, Wilson. I'm William Wilson Blodgett. <laughs> um, so they really no money and kind of, you know, hit, as they say, in AA, they had hit rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, took a big risk probably in having me so early in their recovery. On my mom's side, as I said, I'm a first generation American. Um, born into chicago right with the stutter that i had no money you know uh that wasn't all that wasn't always easy um also then i had a chip in my shoulder so if you mean finally stutter i would just kind of hit you in the face you know and um uh, um uh and 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 but but you know hindsight i'm very thankful for that experience and the perspective that it afforded me. But my dad at the time was afraid that, you know, you're getting these fights now with your fists. If you get older, you know, was probably going to go to one of the worst public schools in the Chicago public school system, which was then was reigned. One of the worst school systems in the country. Yeah, And he's like, these fists are going to turn into, uh, you know, knives and guns. And and, and and you're staring down kind of a bad path here in Chicago so my dad's dad had a house in Laguna Beach California he was moving out to a senior community and we moved there and when I got to Laguna Beach I was a fish out of water I'll tell you what um remember I went I
0: went to your high school remember I was walking I, around and I called you
1: oh yeah yeah you're supposed to, I think didn't you run into my uh I didn't see my uncle had moved down out
0: there so okay I called you when I was at
1: the high school it's I mean it's a beautiful town it, it yeah. like in hindsight looking back at Laguna Beach like I was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to a high school where you could like see the oceans from the football field right yeah but but I was there and I was angry right I I, I was a kid from the city I was a kid with a stutter I got that I'm a little spastic I got a huge amount of energy everybody's like what is the matter with you <laughs> right so my first like, Six weeks of Laguna Beach High School, I got straight ups, Right, I had this huge amount of anxiety and depression. I couldn't really get out of bed. And then the football coach I was talking to you about, Coach uh, Coach Jonathan Todd, um, this amazing guy. He's still there. Uh, he's not the football coach anymore, but he's still to the high school teacher. You know, mm. kind of pulled me under his wing, and and I realized, you know, I could be angry at the world and have this anxiety and and kinda hurt myself and, and hurt my family, get straight Fs and Oregon or, or being in the world I was chipping on my shoulder and and help, you know, help myself and help my family and, and get straight A's or, you know, get really good grades and and, and and become athlete of the year and go play the football team at Yale. Right? And and that's a path I chose right that second, right? And so I used that anxiety, I used the anger of my stutter. I used not having a lot of friends as fuel mm-hmm. from then on to go down that path, right? Um still to this day I wake up with the same pit in my stomach. I woke up, you know, from that moment on in high school with I got I have something to prove, you know, the world thinks I'm stupid or the world, you know Did you
0: read have you read David and Goliath by whatever uh,
1: it may be, I have now I um I listen to books on tape when I'm going to bed uh, so I have heard it uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I was awake <laughs> I It is it. A but it's, good yeah
2: one. it's, it's saying know, like how like the, uh, the, you know these um, things but, that we
0: think are disadvantages end up being advantages in some cases That
2: And I would bet my money on somebody like you who started out on first base and had the grit and the passion and the, the freedom of nothing to lose, right? I mean, it's, it's, I, I work with a lot of children who are in similar situations and I sit with them and I tell them all you want is choices. And the only way you're going to get the choices is to do what, you know, what you can, what you've inspired them to do, Will, which is really just put your head down, keep focused on your goal because there's no greater revenge than actually achieving what you've achieved. So we, kudos it, to you. I know it's not easy.
1: Yeah. They say that the best revenge is success, but, but I, I didn't feel like I was, I, like you just said there, that was great. I didn't feel like I did to lose. I also didn't feel the pressure that kids feel today. You know, I just wanted to go out there and win, you know, and that, that was important to me. Like, that's why, you know, being involved in New Heights, like, I see a lot of myself in these kids, right? Like, you know, like, I never felt like I really fit in, you know, and, but, but I had, but I, but I felt like a huge amount of hope. And, like, I, I always, I still feel like, I'm, I felt very optimistic, I'll put that way, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, angry, but, like, I was good at sports. I was a good student, and I just leaned into that hard and used it as my, and, and, and Use that anger as the fuel, but yeah, I didn't have anything to lose, and I didn't feel the pressure that a lot of these kids feel today.
2: How hard is it to parents now that you can give your kids all of those things, but you also want them to grow up with that grit? That's I'm sure that's I always find that interesting.
1: Caroline, my wife, and I we obsess over that. We obsess over that. You know um, how how to raise kids with grit. Right. I mean, my kids will have their own struggles and will have their own path, probably won't have the struggles that I had, you know, but but how to raise like, you know, humble, thankful, uh, hardworking young people who who have the perspective and the gratitude. To make sure that they know it's incumbent upon them to go out there and and do the best that they can every day and and do the best that they can to truly make a difference in this world you know we we, we talk about that all the
0: time it's a tough balancing act yeah
2: I, I bet your're great parents i mean
0: I know Lisa. lisa grew up in you know humble beginnings out in uh out in brooklyn and
2: she said Sheepshead bay
0: and all right. She uh, wow worked her way up, and you know, was an accountant at first, and now you know she's the most successful real estate recruiter in the country. Um, she's a baller. She's a baller, living living the good life. But yeah, you give your kids that, and same with me. Like, yeah, my my son asked me the other week. He's like, "Am I spoiled?" <laughs> and I'm like, "It's all depends." You the know, the fact that he
1: asked that question, yeah. the fact that he asked that question, that he had to ask that question is a great sign.
0: Yeah. I mean, I live, in, I live in Silicon Valley, so it's like, you know, there's, I, I, I make a good living, but there's people that make a lot, you know, a lot bigger houses than I do and all that kind of stuff. It's all, it's all compare, you know, comparison. Um,
1: I once heard about a person that um, is a VC in Silicon Valley. You know, they have these sprinter van now, these like hotshot, yeah. these hotshot, you see guys. I want to heard about a guy, his Sprinter van, so it's like his home office and the Sprinter van where he goes from home to the office and the van. He has a computer set up and the speakerphone set up and the Zoom set up. And I heard that he bolted a Peloton bike down in his Sprinter van <laughs> so he can like Peloton <laughs> bike. Well, he's going, <laughs> what is going yeah. on?
0: Different world, man
2: kind of genius but very interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: How where did your passion for I mean so tell us you went to so you got went to Yale you you buckled down you I mean it must have been pretty hard to sports and school it must not have been a lot of time for anything else I imagine um growing up.
1: Yeah, and I also had to work at Yale. Yeah, like 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 I paid I self I self financed 100% of my education at Yale. So loans um a lot of work you know i had lots of jobs i worked at the golf course at yale uh doing the um, sand traps and being the on more of the greens Mm. one time i was out there with a weed with a weed whacker i was weed whacking away i had my headphones in a sand trap and I thought the weed whacker had spun out of control with him at leg because I was experiencing a lot of pain oh, in my leg, sharp pain in my leg, and I had actually weed whacked a beehive. Oh my goodness! You know. Um,
2: oh no. But <laughs> but I held
1: all these jobs, you know, in college. I, I worked at the golf course. I worked at the laundromat. Um, I tied uh, rebar for a summer. Um, you know, I was the. Head of IM referees. I'm trying to think what other weird jobs I had. At, yeah, but but like you had to have jobs. You had to have jobs all year during school, and then of course you know you had to have a job during the during the summertime as well. So it was it was not easy to balance school, football, and you know having to find ways to self finance your entire education.
0: How did you um like
1: that being said i'm 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 very thankful to Yale for the very healthy amount of of financial aid i got there
0: how did you you i mean you've been you've been focused on that's a,
2: wonderful and they do say if you, you've
0: been focused on affordable housing for a while now like do, do you i always i work a lot when affordable housing that seems like a lot of people in that world are generally more of a there's something about them there's a little more empathy um you know as opposed to just working someone strictly with like uh, same. Yeah. But there's, they seem to be nicer in general. There's like, a, there's this like a deep, a depth to them that there might not be in some other investors.
1: In addition to serving the board of new heights, I certainly boarded the American Institute for stuttering. Right. Um, and Joe Biden, uh, you know, has been honored, has spoken, is was and is, you know, pretty involved in the Institute. Great guy. And they say a lot, you know, he, he has a stutter. It's a great, article in the Atlantic written by my friend John Hendrickson. Strongly recommend everybody reads it. What Joe Biden can't bring himself to say, and that he can't bring himself to say that he, you know, still has a stutter. A lot of these things that happen with him because of his stutter and people say, Oh, he's losing insistents. I think, you know, a lot is a stutter, but but a lot of people say his best attribute is his empathy. Right? And um I think me growing up how I grew up, I have a tremendous amount of empathy, one. Two, growing up in Chicago, a lot of my friends lived in the Chicago Housing Authority. Um, they lived in the, you know, projects. And, and when we were young people, they tore down, remember, it was infamous, they tore down the Chicago yeah, Housing Authority. Right. And they moved everybody out of Chicago, and they built blight on blight on blight. It was this fantastically... Failed experiment. And, and so my friends were there on a Tuesday and they were gone on the next Thursday. Right. Right. And so I kind of always knew I was going to be in housing to help my friends. Right. I didn't, you know, I'm a young guy. I didn't really understand what that meant. But but I, that, when I really started to learn about affordable housing and the different programs and the people that you're, serving and not as a handout but a hand up right uh, that really clicked with me from my youth and like, ah this is what I'm meant to be doing it, it, it was this moment of clarity like ah you know I can I can help people I can achieve attractive risk-adjusted returns I can help the planet here like this is a great business to be in and 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 I feel that every day you know, I, I, I am tremendously fulfilled by the work here at Fredway. Like, it's just a great sense of, you know, overall fulfillment.
2: It's incredible to be able to have a career and to be able to fulfill your personal mission and passion. And so I think kudos to you, because a lot of people don't get that. You know, I think it's the inclination of somebody who's worked so hard to kind of not look back as much, and so you carry the empathy, but the fact that you've actually taken that and done something about it is just—it's so admirable to me.
1: Really appreciate you saying that, Lisa. I, I don't—it it wasn't like I did it on—it wasn't like I did it on purpose, right? It just was the path that you know that was set. You know, I just—I I mean, yes, every day every day i try to be the best version of myself i can be you know every day i remind myself will you have to earn your you have to earn your tomorrow right you got to earn your tomorrow right and 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 there's so many different ingredients that go into the earn your tomorrow stew right every day and you know helping people but not like I really don't like the word like charity, you know, I, I, I like I like that the that hand up, right? I like providing you know equal access to opportunity, right? Um that's a big part of affordable housing. right? Here at Treadway, it's not just about high quality affordable housing, but high opportunity affordable housing as well, meaning that you can get on a subway and be a work within a half an hour meaning that the kid who's in your affordable housing he comes down the elevator and instead of bumping into a guy in the corner who's perhaps you know uh selling drugs or up in no good he r- bumps into the guy in the corner who's an investment banker going to work at goldman sachs and they get on the subway together the to train and he's like hey what do you do and the guy's like i'm an investment banker and the kid's like what's an investment banker and he explains you know and the kid's like whoa you know that becomes the kids' inspiration. That becomes the role model, right? Um, or you know, there's great schools in the area, ads and meds and infrastructure, right? High opportunity housing, I think it's so important. You know, it's it's easy to build affordable housing in the middle of nowhere, like they did in, in Chicago and they tore down Chicago kind of Housing Authority. It's very, very, very hard to build and preserve an affordable housing in high opportunity areas. Yeah, and that that's something that we we really are very very focused on and almost obsessed with here at Treadway.
2: That's incredible.
0: Where are you, where are you investing at Treadway? Like what what have, what have you done so far? Where have you where have you? I know it's relatively new company. We're
1: we're all over the country. You know this this you know we basically started the business at the beginning of the year. Um, uh, so you know we spent the year really putting together our systems, putting together, you know, different parts of the country wanna go into, different people that we want to partner with. Um so so uh you know we've done a few what we think very good deals over the course of this year. Um probably in this business right now looking at from a purely business standpoint, right? There's a lot of this disc- of this disc- of distress right now um probably will be more coming forward in 2023 2024 so it's a good time to have a clean uh pretty well capitalized balance sheet um so right now we're carefully you know picking our spots um building up the team here uh you know we talked about earlier the young man by the name of Chris a la rosa we also have on the team victoria tran also i may add a first a first generation american she worked for a number of years at goldman sachs urban investment group then worked at lfpi you know doing much stuff in housing there we have a young man by the name of sorry uh, sorry joshua Glasser, also from goldman sachs urban investment group then worked for an affordable housing opportunity zone developer so building the team uh, and right now being very careful and selective on the deals that we do, you know, because probably going to be a lot more opportunity next, you know, next couple of years.
0: And you, I mean, you've, your background, you've built companies. I mean, you started, I believe that re- like related, right? That was, I guess, take us through your your career trajectory pretty quickly you like you you didn't have really have an example of this yeah yeah. housing and then you came out of school like what happened there
1: yeah I came out of school um, you know I actually my friend John Ria was appointed by mayor Bloomberg to be the head of the New York City Housing Authority okay Uh, and I was John Ria's first hire at the New York City Housing Authority, I was the special assistant to John Ria in the executive department. That was an amazing job. Wow. I mean, just, it, it's just fascinating. I think, I think the New York City Housing Authority, if it was its own city, it would be like the sixth biggest city in the entire country.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Um, you know, um, uh, it, 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 like, like, I was there for a while with him. I went to go get my MBA at MIT. Uh, when I was MIT, when I was at MIT, I ran the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. Became good friends with who's now the president of the Philadelphia 76ers, Errol Mori. Yeah. Um, from him I learned like the how to how to really lean into and average analytics, you know, and you can't just use analytics for the sake of analytics. You have to learn how to, you know, sorry, add of the data, synthesize the data, put it to work, something else we're doing in the space now that I think is kind of unique. But anyway, um, so did a lot of MIT around analytics, uh, around innovation, took a lot of classes with Professor Bill Allett, at the MIT Center for Innovation Entrepreneurship, took a lot of classes over at the MIT Center for Real Estate as well. Came out of there, uh, went to go work at a related companies and they're uh, in their affordable group. Not a lot of people know this, but they have a, you know, sorry, prolific affordable housing. Well group they started it's just affordable, That's right? Really how Steven Ross got it started. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, Stephen Ross was, as uh, far as I know, you know, was a tax attorney and learned about different types of affordable housing and started to get into affordable housing back in the uh, mid to late 70s and 80s. Um, so I worked at, in in related to affordable housing group for a while, uh, left working related to start. Fairstead in two thousand and fourteen. You know, I started there. You know, it was just myself. Our first hire was actually a guy uh, that was on the football team at Yale, and I got a call from a coach that I really respected. Uh, his name was Coach Rick Flanders, um, <laughs> and he said, "Well, there's this kid here named named Jordan Capolino, and I'm just telling you, you got to hire him. You have to hire." him. And I know that you just started a new company, Will. And I know he doesn't have a lot of experience, but, like, I'm telling you. And I said, Coach, okay, you got it. Because this was a man that I trusted implicitly, and he was right. So, you know, my first hire at at Fairstead was Jordan Capolino. Um, And from there, I hired uh, a guy that I worked with when I was a related, John, you know, John. Sorry, John Tatum, and then a friend I was, uh, a guy I was friends with through our wives, Tyler McIntyre had some development there. Super skilled guy, super talented guy, and we built that company up, right? And you know, in the span of six, seven years, we grew it into one of the biggest uh, owner-operated, you know, yeah. developers of affordable housing in in the in the in the in the country. Yeah, it's a monster. Um, very very proud very very proud of what we built there incredibly proud and and still have a lot of really good friends there and and they're great people Um, um um yeah and then beginning of this year right left there and started uh treadway named the company after alfred treadway white Alfred Treadway uh, was really a pioneer. He was really a visionary. You know, he said, um, "You can." You know, he, he spent a lot of time here in New York City, down the Lower East Side. And he goes, "There's no way for upward socioeconomic economic mobility when you're living in this type of squalor." Yeah, you, you can't have it. And he was all about upward social economic mobility. He said, "Housing, education, and healthcare." three key components to upward socioeconomic mobility right and the problem that he went to attack and try to solve for was housing mm-hmm. so he believed that you could invest in affordable housing and make a profit right so he would call it he called it profits with a purpose right your money plus 5% and not only did he really kind of godfather of affordable housing, right? He was also this innovator. So he was obsessed with 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 how to build, yes, high opportunity that we discussed, but also really high quality. So he thought very important that we that, that he had cross ventilation, right? Not a lot of people then in housing were building cross ventilation. Um, he was doing stuff like that. Huh. Uh, this was also in the 1860s, and, and he was giving money to Hampton and, you know, sorry, uh, Tuskegee University, oh, you know, yeah. these HBCUs. This is a white guy in the 1860s. He was way ahead of his time, right? Way, way ahead of his time. And He believed, you know, at his core, at the most important component to upward socio-economic mobility was housing, and that's, you know something that we also believe here at Fredway. Um and that's what we're doing. You know, like, like, you know, every deal that we do here, we look at does this, does this deal promote upward socioeconomic mobility and, and can you achieve attractive risk adjusted returns? If the answers to both of those questions inside of the Venn diagram are yes, that's something that will then, you know, uh, or Sue. Wow,
2: that's an incredible mission. And when I joined Jackson Lucas, I started learning a lot more about the affordable housing space. And it really, it's wonderful to be able to impact such a large population in a way that I think it's easy to say if, you know at the end let's give let's give handouts. But I love your idea of the hand ups, and I love the idea of the education of the healthcare all of these things together are just, it's, it's really, it's admirable. I'm, I'm in awe.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I, you know, I
2: appreciate that.
0: A lot. You know, my passion is affordable housing. So working with affordable housing developers and the the services provided. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you can change people's lives. Um, And having a, you know, what's that? You
1: can change people's lives and, and, and you also look, you're giving your, 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 doing your part to provide a platform for equal opportunity for folks to go off and do amazing things with their lives. Right. And, and it's really important that you do so in a way that, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a savior. I'm a partner, right? Right. I'm a partner. And, and you do so in a way with a high degree of, sensitivity and a high degree of finesse that you weave yourself, you know, into the fabric of the community in a way, you know, um, that inspires rather than, rather than reaches.
0: Right. Awesome, man. Well, congrats on building Treadway. I like the name. I like the reason behind the name. Um, how's the weather in New York today?
1: Uh, it's pretty nice. I just actually went out and did my early voting, um, uh, which is exciting. Um, nice. Oh, these, these, and, uh, I, I do I do a write-in vote. I'm at if, the office.
0: I wonder if Lisa, where's your office
1: now? Fifty-six between uh sixth and seventh, but we're gonna be moving soon. Oh, cool. We're gonna move into fifty. We're gonna be moving to fifty-second between fifth and sixth. Oh, cool.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah.
2: Great space.
0: Well, we're now at the portion of the podcast called The Hot Seat. Can you handle it?
1: Bring it on. The Hot Seat is sponsored by
0: KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week, and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. Reset dot com. K K R E S <laughs> E T dot com.
2: I've on the hot seat nineteen eighty two. That's what I was
0: gonna say, man. I'm like, I feel like your life is the hot seat. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. question number one: book and or podcast recommendation.
1: This podcast, this pod, my uh, sister in law has a podcast called Sheep. Sheep pivots. Oh, cool! All right. Um, that's a very very cool podcast. Her name is Emily Tish Sussman, and the podcast is called Sheep pivots okay. uh focusing on focusing on women I just um yeah. who for or whatever reason are going through some type of a some type of a you know sorry career change mm. and it's it's um it's pretty cool she just interviewed actually vice president uh kamala oh, harris wow that's
0: yeah
1: well i get i got you and she got kamala yeah she's yeah, I would much rather have Kamala. There's a debate yeah. on who's who's bigger. <laughs> she's, she's smart and not stuttering and yeah. yeah she, <laughs> I,
0: I'd rather have you, frankly. She's amazing. I feel like yeah, I'm I, I luck I lucked, I lucked
1: out. I I really really appreciate that. I think uh, you know from a book perspective, you know, being the affordable housing world that book I really like is the Power is the sorry, power broker. Oh yeah. By uh bob Caro, great big big thick book when you see it you're going to be very in, very intimidated by the size of it but but worth a read and then with me growing up how i grew up right something that really clicked me i i read this book i saw that the head coach at alabama nick saban was talking about this book called the obstacle of the way by a guy by the name of ryan holiday So I read the book, The Obstacles Away, highly, highly recommend that book, but that's basically a modern day version of the book called Meditations written by Marcus Aurelius, right? Both those books are founded on the quote, "The the the impediment to action advances action, what stands in the way becomes the way. Right. And so I had an impediment to action coming up. Right. It was probably my speech impediment. Right. And that was the anxiety I felt and blah, blah, blah. But then the impediment to action actually advanced my action and what stood in the way this stuttering or whatever became the way, you know, not having, you know, a whole lot coming up.
0: Wow. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And that
1: became the, you know, which is our, you know, which is our tagline here at Treadway, the path forward.
0: I'm going to read that book. So that's the book.
2: That's the podcast. All right. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be looking to start out in the field, in the real estate field, in the affordable housing field?
1: In the affordable housing, you, 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 um, well, I, you know, usually I usually caution against giving advice. I think I think that very, very uh, sorry, dangerous, uh, very dangerous territory. But uh, uh, I I think the most important thing in in you know getting into business and getting into this space and uh, getting in the affordable housing space in general right right it's it's you have to be incredibly intellectually curious hmm. you got to be super 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 curious because there's so much to learn and the devil is in the details right that how you're going to structure your capital stack how you're going to build your building yeah, the different agencies, the different investors, the different lenders, the public-private partnerships. Affordable housing is a team sport, right? The team sport where you got to know every single page of the playbook, and it's a complicated playbook. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a team player. You got to be really, really humble. You have to do the work. There's no shortcuts in the weeds. In the weeds, right? Uh, you got to be intellectually honest and intellectually curious. Uh, you got to love the work. You got, you really have to live and breathe the work. If it's not, if you don't love it. It's definitely the wrong place to be because it's, it's, you know, it's all, in, it's all encompassing, right? And and like we were talking about earlier, you know, for me, this isn't work. It's life. Right. It's life. It's, you know, I'm with my kids on the weekend and we'll go look at a building, you know, or on vacation somewhere. I'll put my daughter in the back of the car. We'll go do something and we'll meet people that live there. I'll introduce her to our I'll introduce her. She's seven years old. I'll introduce her to a residence. Right. And. And when I'm there with her and, you know, someone comes up to me and says, you know, I've been here for 20 years or 30 years and no one's really cared about us. And, and you came here and you turned this place just a place I stayed at. It's just an apartment. And you turned this place into a home for me. Right. Like. That's an amazing feeling. Right. And and so this isn't work for me. It's life for me. And I think that's a really important piece of it.
0: That's awesome, man. I and
2: mean, we could feel your passion. It's amazing
0: amazing i mean we had a couple other questions but i think you you kind of answered them throughout the process there i really appreciate you guys having me on i appreciate i know you're super busy so thanks for coming on uh let's go giants and uh yeah i'll see you next time in new york